Hey guys, it's Kim. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Off the Platform. Blanco and I recorded an amazing session with Morgan King, and uh, just wanted to give you guys a heads up that we did run into some technical issues. So we did have a little bit of problems separating between the channels, so you might hear that. Um, but it shouldn't distract too much from the episode. So please enjoy. Thanks. Uncle should be my coach again. Like it was a weird, it wasn't a plan, you know, it just kind of happened. You realize like we both just grew up so much and then just interesting like connecting back together without necessarily like deciding to do right right <laughs> yeah I mean that's super that's incredibly powerful I think mm-hmm. um I think that's a lot of the reason why Blanco and I have stayed friends for so long is like when you have that connection it just like it doesn't go away like I think yeah, you just kind totally. of feel that and like whether they're in your life at a certain point like I mean, I would say that exactly with Spencer and I, like Spencer and I, the second we met, we're always like kind of knew we were close. Like we're very mm-hmm. similar personalities and like, um, and it was just funny and it, and it's been interesting to balance that really, yeah. really good <laughs> friendship yeah. and the coaching. And, and I am older than him, but I also have to oh, yeah. yield, you know, that he knows more in weightlifting than I do, but I know how my body feels and yeah. like, yeah. And yeah. I hate, I hate using the word like intimate because of, you know, everything yeah. that's going yeah. around and all of that. But it is, it's like, you're so mm. close with your coach that like, you yeah. have to know, I mean, if you miss a lift and you like walk off the platform, you need to know that your coach already knows what's going on. You're going to either take that weight again, or he needs to go up because this is happening in the back. Like yeah. that all comes with just having a foundation of trust. Right. And I think it's really powerful that you guys were able to have that conversation of like, uh, I need to move on, which I don't think mm. happens a lot in this sport. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think it's really crucial in an athlete's development. I mean, I've had six or eight coaches, maybe 50, mm. I think. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, you know, that's, I mean, in a way, that's kind of my personality. And I think in the timeline that I have, I had to make mm. drastic decisions. Whereas like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. in in a earlier athlete's career building that foundation of a coach is great but like if you if you do feel like you need to move on it should be in a respectful way that your coach is like I get it like I've taken you to where I think I can Mm -hmm. um and that was something with Dean that was really awesome to have him behind me all the time because he would admit that and that's why I had Mm -hmm. so many coaches is because he'd be following all these coaches and be like they're doing what you need to be doing Hey guys, uh, welcome back to Off the Platform. And today we're super excited because we have an amazing guest on. So Morgan King is our guest. And obviously all of you know her because you are obsessed with weightlifting and and should know who she is. Otherwise you wouldn't be listening to our podcast. So Morgan's had an incredible, incredible resume in the last eight years, seven years of, of weightlifting I kind of just want to do a, a run through just because uh, it's it's really impressive. And like <laughs> the more I looked it up, the more I I became increasingly more impressed by your your um, your accolades. 
first, uh, Morgan first came on the scene in around 20, 2011, and she won her first national competition 2012. Is that right? 2013. 2013. Okay. 2013 was your worlds, right? But 2012 was when you did uh, your first national. Right? No, 2013 was, um, so it was July of 2013. Um, was my first nationals. October of 2013 was my first world. <laughs> okay. Sorry, yeah. audience. Uh, uh, That's right. Yeah. We have to laugh at that. That's yeah. I, know, I know that does sound kind of weird. <laughs> no, that's crazy and amazing. Keep going. <laughs> keep, keep going. Um, okay, so as everyone just heard, uh, her first world was in 2013. And then... Um, in 2016, you went to Olympics mm-hmm. and placed six, where you also snatched 83 for an American record in the 48 kilo class. And then uh, it goes on and on and on. So <laughs> I'm going to just go, <laughs> just gonna go with that. <laughs> you won bronze in the 49 kilo class at Pan Ams, and then you placed eighth in 2019 Worlds. So that's right. For the complete list of Morgan's accomplishments, please go to our website. Yes, totally. <laughs> so this is also a really interesting conversation for us because uh, Coach Blanco and Morgan are friends. Yeah, um, I'm really, I'm really like I like saying that that Morgan King is my friend. <laughs> uh, s- the story was in 2013. They um, uh, Muscle Driver did a weightlifting. Um, course right i believe it was here in brooklyn and it was morgan was part of that crew uh macaulay was as well uh cooper was there and then Suzla was there too i think yeah yeah zella that's right and um i remember having them here it was at that time it's like you know weightlifting was just really blowing up she was becoming very popular um and muscle driver was very popular at that time and it was we had a really good turnout a lot of a lot of people came in to see and I remember I took a video of, of of a snatch session that they were having and I sent it to Morgan yeah, last night. It was a really unique time. Um, and I was also very new as a coach. And so I was also navigating and understanding, like learning, like what kind of coach am I going to be and what do I need to learn and what kind of athlete do I want to be coaching? And those are the things that I didn't know that I was trying to figure out. But now looking back, um, reviewing that, it's like, I get it. I get it why I was pulled towards like someone like her and trying to look at specific athletes. And what was it about these athletes that I really admired? And it was like, oh, there's the qualities in there that that's the kind of person that I want to coach. I remember when we met, I think we went to Little Italy or something. We went and we hung out and I think got pizza and ice cream. And, and <laughs> it was, she was super chill, like just chill, hung out. And there was this honesty with the way that she presented herself. But at the same time, during that session, she had this focus, like very, she was an athlete, like she turned it on, you know, she was really focused. And that was awesome to see because you saw both sides, right? That person who's on the platform and off the platform. And that's, and that's something that was unique for me to experience. And then for me, and, and also super unique to have that person be my friend, right? And, and know mm-hmm. me. And so, yeah, that's kind of the way we've, um, I guess, met and maintained friendships, mainly through text and then seeing each other at national events, I guess. And then through Casey. And, 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 then, 
And, yeah, and then through Casey, so then story goes on. One thing that is awesome about Morgan is that if she hasn't seen you in a while, she will just be like, gah, super excited to see you. She gets really <laughs> pumped, which I love. Uh, along the way, I was coaching uh, Casey Miller, who ended up living in Arizona. And then I think you were living out there at that time as well. And they ended up cross crossing paths. And what was really awesome was that Casey was in a time where she was struggling. She was really struggling to figure out who she was as an athlete, where she needed to be, what kind of mindset she needed, how did she, and it was an amazing moment for her to cross paths with Morgan because you were going through your own thing. And it was like, she remembers having a couple interactions with you that she didn't feel alone, which was like awesome. It's like, wow, like it took a conversation with this person to um, to make her feel not alone. And then also someone as, as you know, respected as as Morgan and you'd be like oh okay so this is part of it like this is this is a process that people go through sometimes so say um it's a short synopsis of my experience with Morgan that was yeah I, it was just so funny because I think were you have having a baby or had a baby around yeah I I was probably already had Agnes my first yeah because I think yeah. the last time I had heard from you is when you when you had her and then I ran into Casey and it was like, everything just kind of came back together. Mm. As soon as I found out you were coaching her, I was like, ah, oh! like, this is, <laughs> like it just weightlifting is so cool like that, that it's, you know, such yeah. a small world. And like we were training in a lifetime fitness and actually in Georgia, I ended up doing that as well. Um, <laughs> just cause I really like the vibe of that. It's weird because it's like very egotistical, right? Like everyone's worried about themselves. And like, I think it takes mm -hmm. out like, like the monotony, right? Like I've got, I've got something to look at and like people are jazzed about doing like the weirdest things. And yeah, I'm like yeah. so pumped mm -hmm. for them, right? Because yeah. like, I think a lot of the times like in weightlifting gyms, we get really stagnant. It's like, oh, hey, what's yeah. up? Yeah, I'm sore. Like my glutes hurt. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, me yeah. too. Like, Bleh. you know? And so, yeah. like, when somebody's doing, like, they're like, oh, like, and it's really cool because, like, Lifetime Fitness has um, uh, Alico platforms and Alico bars. Right, you know, so they've right. got great stuff. And they've got, you know, ex-NFL players, you know, like, combine <laughs> players. Like, and they all show up. And it's cool because, like, I have, like, these 400-pound linemen coming up to me and being like, yo, <laughs> how do I do that? And I'm like, okay, well, let me watch you. You know, so it's it's, it's fun because you relearn, like, how you love something. And, like, mm -hmm. um, I did grow up in a gym kind of like mm -hmm. that, or I've always been a part of something like that. So I don't know if that's just second nature for me, I think. Mm -hmm. is, yeah. And I, I think a lot of the times we get stuck in, I have to go to this. Um, yeah. And Spencer and I actually are doing a pretty cool program right now where it's not just all about weightlifting. Cause I was like, I need to feel like an athlete again. And <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to go out in weightlifting being like decrepit and like, <laughs> you know, I want to go out better than I came in. I just want to have fun. And like, I've been riding almost like 80, at least 80 miles a week on my bike. Like <laughs> since I've been here. Yeah. And so we're incorporating these things because it's so important. Like, how refined are we going to get, right? Yeah. Like, how strong are we going to get? Like, I think for right. me, it's like, I just really want to like training. Um, and, yeah. and that's kind of that work-life balance that I was talking about earlier. Is like, I've always wanted to like 
do kind of this like crazy thing and people are like, no, no, you know, you got to do it this way. If you, if you want to do it, you got to be with your coach, you know, and and, like all this stuff. And, and I think that moment of like, am I going to Columbia or am I not going to Columbia kind of made me do, do I really love weightlifting? Mm. And, and I was like, I do love weightlifting, but I love doing everything else. I love feeling like an athlete, you know, off the platform is so, so important. What's so amazing in all of the things that you're saying that there's, there's different levels of kind of there's top, there, there are specific broad topics that we kind of always talk about. And one of them is mastery, right? Really understanding the mastery of your sport, um, really understanding that. And then ownership, which is like another thing you're talking about, like this level of ownership that you have now, that's really interesting because we're 2020 and then Morgan has had a, a time, you know, 2011 to 2020, there's nine years in there where you now can say that you can say that, Oh, I need this. I need to be off the platform. I need to be doing something to move my body. But would 2013 Morgan have said that? Absolutely not. No. I mean, I wouldn't even, I, I don't even know if I would have said 2018 Morgan would have said that. Mm. Mm. That's really interesting. I think I was really stuck on and I, almost on every podcast I've probably said that I just wanted to be an athlete. I didn't want to learn the like programming and I still don't know programming very well. Um, I just want to be told what to do and do it. Um, and I've been recently digging into that of like why that is. Um, and I don't know, it could be potentially like the relationship that I have with my dad. Like it's very, like he was my coach growing up. Right. And he taught me everything. And so that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, but I, I've been to the Olympics doing what everybody else said. And then, and then it was like, okay, I need to, I need to dive deep into this coach because I was halfway in between with them. I need to see if that works. Okay. That doesn't work. Kind of just gone around that. And then finally Hmm. like, no, I'm not going out like this. Like, I don't want to go out hating weightlifting. Right. I'd I'd love to get deeper into that element of no that doesn't work because i just think it's interesting when we take these things like i i talk about it a lot oh yeah that didn't work for me but like that takes years and months like that like one oh yeah it didn't work out i'm curious can you give an example of having that experience of like oh i thought that was working and then there was like a shift and i i knew that i needed something to change yeah 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 um, gosh, I mean, that's like my whole life. <laughs> Not only is my resume impressive, my moving skills are very impressive. Yeah. Your moving skills are actually uh, quite impressive. Yeah. Uh, like, it's so funny. Like, I was, I was telling my friend who, she grew up in Seattle, but we actually met down here in the Bay. And like, the second I met her, I knew she would just be my sister if I never talked to her, you know, in like five years and like all this stuff. And she goes, okay, so I don't understand. You were in Georgia, but you were in South Carolina and then you were Colorado. She's like, I don't, I need to figure this out. And I was like, hold on, I'll, I'll draw you a flow chart, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, for me personally, uh, I don't know if this comes off, but uh I'm high energy (laughs) Um, and I was very, very lucky um, to have someone like Dean that gave me uh, all of his attention and all of 
Like I was his number one athlete and everything we did very technical at the start. It was, we had the dialogue from day one of why am I doing it? You know, and there was all this stuff. And so I had this foundation of what I could trust and what I felt was right. Most of my life, I've always gone with my gut. Um, <laughs> and so like, if, if I feel like if I try and fight the feeling of like being uncomfortable and it continues to stay, that's when I know mm. something needs to change. I would say one of the biggest ones was Zygmunt, um, when I was at the training mm. center, one of the, if not the best coach I have ever, ever had. The only thing that I was frustrated about in his training was that I wasn't getting enough attention and there were 17 people in there. So like, I didn't expect it to happen. Right. And so I asked Dean to kind of come in and help. And we sat down after 2015 worlds when I had a pretty disappointing worlds, Mm -hmm. Alex, who has been my training partner forever. By the way, she means Alex Lee. I'm But I just want to tell our audience because, you know, we're not on a first name basis with Alex. So Alex Alex Lee was a huge, uh, huge influence in my uh in my weightlifting career even now. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that him and I have similar body type, similar, Mm -hmm. similar like mentality. Mm -hmm. And so I learned a ton from him and his, um, his coach Shaheen had come out for the world camp. And there was this very calming mood that he just brought to weightlifting. And it's similar to you Blanco that you feel, you feel like very safe when you're there. And like the, the, like you don't have, I don't know if, I haven't seen you like scream really loud, but you don't need to scream. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's I don't ever see you doing that. Yet. Yeah, either. It's like, it's just like this. I don't know. There was just something about him and, and him and Dean got along really well. And, um, and I just had this gut feeling of like, if Alex trusts him, if Dean trusts him, I need to trust yeah. him. Right. And, and I knew it and like the way he was coaching me and like, you could tell, um, it was a very like Bulgarian style program, which mm-hmm. for somebody and an athlete like me, I love, right. I like yeah. that really, really intense stuff until I break, but <laughs> <laughs> I like being really like pushed out of my comfort zone. And I think that's why, uh, I got into like triathlons and half marathons, like mm. push of like kind of going into a dark hole. That was one of the like big moments where I like knew I had to trust my gut because I mean, I could have completely ruined. I mean, that was six months before trials. Like I, I could have completely blown that, but you know, I did it. It worked. And then Shaheen and I ended up working again, you know, continuing to work Mm -hmm. for about another year and I felt that gut feeling again I was like this relationship isn't the same something's going on and him and I had a really like and he's like I love you like I I want what's best for you I know you're not happy I think there is like I think the worst part about the coaching relationships changing is like I would I would assume on the side of a coaching you're like oh they don't trust me like, and that's, and that's a huge blow to your ego and, and to be able to respond in a way that you're like, I love you. Like I'm, I'm here for you in all aspects of your life is really, 
like really powerful. And Shaheen mm-hmm. and I still, talk, you know. But I think that does something. I think that's something that is, you know, I, again, so coming from someone like myself, like, you know, I'm always in flux of learning consistently from my athletes, from myself, from other coaches. But I think there is a level of vulnerability that the athlete and coach relationship is that you are essentially trusting each other. Mm-hmm. Right. You as an athlete are trusting like you're trusting Spencer that he's not just looking at what you need right now. He's looking at what do we need in the next few months? What do we need in the back? What are the what are the scores? What What's how, like he's he's you're trusting that he's informed. So every decision he makes is something that is impactful to help you move forward. Right. But then he has to trust you. You got to show up, too. And so there's this level of vulnerability right in that. And then when there, when, which, which you are talking about, when you've had that gut feeling, you now are like, mm, something isn't working. A tough thing to swallow as a coach, like, and some coaches can easily, you know, they could probably say they blow it off and they say, and they could say, oh, it's the athlete. It's not me. But if you really think about it, it's like, it's, it's, it's a dual relationship. It's not, there's not a one size fits all model. It's not like you write some program on paper and it works. It's like, it's really about that specific individual. So there's a level of vulnerability that I think is a challenge. But like you said, like if if people can have those conversations clearly and be like, this isn't working and just understand it's like, in the end, I have to remind myself as a coach, like it's not about me. It's about what that athlete needs. And if I don't have those tools, then I have to accept that. Or if I don't have what they feel they need, then I have to accept that. Um, but I, but I think that, you know, your, your example of your level of ownership for you has been like trusting your gut. You're like, you, you have this like foundation of like your dad was your coach. And so there's this like level of caring and love, like there's something about that. There's a deeper um, support that you feel you need. It's like you, your dad was your coach. Right. I mean, that's like how much more support could you need? Like how emblematic of what a coach is, but an, but a, but a, but, a, but a father figure or a, a, a parent to support you. And now you're carrying on, and you have this like amazing tool that I guess most people would need to like figure out. And, 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 and for example, for Kim, like had to process and figure out how to understand what she needs, but you had that mm-hmm. right there in that first relationship with your coach, it was your dad. And you have this amazing tool to trust your gut. And I mean, I think that that is something that, um, I have learned to do like I'm, you know, being vulnerable myself currently, you know, trying to prepare Diana to get on a world team. And, you know, I have like five different cycles that we've done and she's done phenomenal in youth. And, but then I'm still like questioning myself, should I do X or trust my gut? And I got to go back. I got to go back to trusting what I feel. It comes down to that. It's like, we can be as methodical and technical as we want, but if you don't have an emotional connection to what you're you're choosing to do, it's done. Right. Like that's it's over. That to me is like that's exactly why I want to have these conversations. It's like you you are an Olympian, but you have to trust your emotional gut. Like you have to trust it, you know? Right. Well, and it's it's really interesting that you you brought that back to my dad as my first coach because I I have always felt that I don't make logical decisions because I always go with my gut. 
but you know that that first I do remember my dad and I having a moment where we were like he's like I can't coach you anymore Mm. and I was like (laughs) "I, I know and then there was this period right where he had to learn to be uh just a cheerleader and that was really hard for him right and then you know we got to a point where now he's like my biggest like it's almost embarrassing (laughs) at this point but like he knows everybody's numbers in the world that I'm like competitive with I'm like dad come down but yeah I mean that's that's the cool part is like I know I know that I can always trust my dad to be super supportive and like when Hmm. I got into weightlifting like all of a sudden, you know, he was into weightlifting. He loves sports of any kind. So anything he can learn. And, and I think that, yeah, it's, it is important going to see all the relationships that I have had with those coaches. They all do end up, you know, being like, almost like I'm going to break someone's heart. Mm, And like, it's not, it's not comfortable for the person that has to say it to the, you know, it's not comfortable on either way, but you know, if you have yeah. good communication, it shouldn't be a surprise. Mm. Right. There's some signs. There definitely has to be some signs, right? There's body language. There's you, the way you're approaching your training. There's not being clear on what your goal is or what we're doing in the next few weeks. There's there are there are all those signs. Like as like I just had a, you know, I just got off with an athlete that I just worked with, and you can see when there's like a little level of insecurity, like, you know, like she asked me, I was like, can I do some strength work right now? And it's like, and I've learned to listen instead of being like, no, you don't need to do that. You need to do the exit. It's like, well, if you need, if you feel like you need to squat to feel like you're have some form of progress or improvement, okay, let's squat. Mm-hmm. You know, let's be smart about it. Like we're not going to go, you know, do heavy singles one day, but let's, let's implement some intensity. So you feel, and I've learned to listen. There's a, there's a little level of, we're all human, a little level of insecurity of like, is this working or do I have a focus or am I moving in a direction? And sometimes like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty clear when, when an athlete is not sure or having doubts. And, you know, when, when a coach receives that conversation, it's like, you shouldn't be surprised. I think you said something earlier that I can really relate to. So I myself, is, I've had four coaches, four or five um, as well. So I totally get it. And you said, you know, sometimes it really starts as like this really gut in- instinct where something is off and you, you kind of keep waiting to see like, does it go away or does it stay? Mm-hmm. Or if it stays, like, what mm-hmm. do I do about it? Every time that it's, it starts to, I start to feel that. It never goes away. It's never really, truly gone away. And so then I know myself that I have to, I have to make a change. And usually I move on at that point. And I always think about that when people ask me, like, do do you think I should move on from this coach and et cetera, et cetera. And of course, it's always up to them. But I always think, you know, the, the best program is the one you believe in, right? It's like the one that you can trust. Once that trust starts to fray, it's really hard to to bring it back. It's not mm-hmm. personal. It's just more like you know that you need something else. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's I mean, that's if if I could put Spencer and I's relationship in a nutshell, it would be that. Like we have tried everything and he is so, so good at listening to what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is that level of of respect and and trust and he's like I know 
I know you've been to the top, so I do actually like have to listen to you or just that I'm an older athlete. You know, I've been doing Mm. elite sports for a significant amount of time Mm. that somebody like me, if I keep screaming something and nothing's done, I'm out Mm. because I'm just I'm I I don't know if that would make me like a hothead or you know what, but I'm like, I just I fully and it's funny because outside of any sport, like I don't make these decisions. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm very much like, okay, like this isn't working. We need like, and start and just pivot and go and yeah. go another way and trust that that way it might not work, but I'm yeah. more than happy like to keep my feet moving. Right. I don't want to get in a position where I'm just not happy mentally and I can't go anywhere. I'd rather be somewhere that I'm mentally happy. Right. If I decide I don't want to weight lift, you know, um, then I can yeah. go do something. Like it's yeah. not, it's not the end all be all. Um, right. When you are at towards the end of your career, you have to start making those decisions because um, you're not the only one anymore, right? <laughs> it's a, it's so interesting that you you say that like you're saying end of your career, like you there's a sense of like you're are, are going into a chapter where you're. It sounds like you're choosing to end something. There's a level of mastery. Like, so you've had a long time in, in, in sports. Right. And now you've went into this sport since 2011. And my question is, because you just stated, like, we're trying different things and my coach is helping me. And which is amazing because I've talked to Kim. We talked about how, like, when an athlete has an idea, who are they bouncing these ideas off of? And if you have someone that's listening, that's that's a recipe for like amazing things to happen. So I'm really excited for what what's coming down the pipe for your closing mm-hmm. chapter, unquote, quote. When you're on, I hear you talk about like changing things, going running. Like, what does mastery look like for you now? Ooh, that's a good question. So my my goal, and I think because I came up so fast in weightlifting. Um, that everyone, it was funny because everyone would be like, oh, it's because she's an athlete. She's an athlete. And and I was like, I, I just want someone to look at me and be like, God, she is technically good. And that was really, really important to me. And, and that's why the jerk has always been so frustrating because like Dean used to laugh and be like, you're such a good dancer. And it is such a just like, like athletic movement I don't understand why you can't get it like I just don't and I'm like I don't I don't know I just like brain freeze after I come up from like a stupid easy clean and I'm like wait what mm-hmm. um and then <laughs> um, that's amazing but, that is so human thank you so much for doing that oh there's so many times yeah and also guys it's just so funny she's like oh just a stupid easy like over double body weight clean and then I just can't hurt like Like, I really I have had this like it is horrible and I don't know how to get out of it but I get to a point in competition I'll clean and do like a really easy clean stand up from it and actually go god that was so easy and then be like oh god I have to jerk now you know it's like I'm like Morgan stay focused stay focused like where are you but so for me, I think I was like fighting this, this image, right? That, mm. that uh, I knew, I knew if I could get it technically right, that my like athleticism would just like, my athleticism and power would just take over. And I was like, I've been waiting for this moment. And I'm like, it's going to happen. 
And now I'm like, yo, it's not happening. (laughs) You know, if you and Spencer and I always joke about this, like if you bet against me, I will just sheer will like push press it up there if I have to. Like, that's just like me. That's my personality. And, And I think I got away from that. Because I wanted, I was trying to like create this image of like graceful, humble, like when you first met me at Muscle Driver and I was like, oh yeah, I'm trying to get back to that. Because I remember just, I mean, if you watch that snatch, <laughs> that is sheer will. Like what is yeah. happening, right? And so like, I just have to remember like, yeah, Morgan, duh, you're an athlete. Like if you, if I left the sport and went and did something else, I'd probably be okay at it. Now, if we were talking about going into graphic design, now I'd be terrified. (laughs) Right. But um, so for me, the mastery is getting myself to feel all around as best as possible, because I know in weightlifting how it feels Mm. to be really crappy and really good, Mm -hmm. but like only have semi-decent performance for myself. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, what if I just stop like really giving a shit and and just enjoy training and becoming a badass, right? Like Mm. if I can do a 10 minute plank, that'd be sick. Like I'm down with that. (laughs) (laughs) If you put any like body weight stuff for me as a weightlifter, I'm all of a sudden like, oh my God, this is the heaviest stuff ever. It's like, it's your body Mm. organ, right? But put Mm. a barbell in my hand and I'm like, easy. So Mm. So for me, I think it's that mind and body connection right now of like mastery and um, having someone like Jordan as a teammate, as a friend, as a competitor, I think her and I have learned a ton about each other and like what it actually means to be an elite, you know, athlete. And for me, whatever, like whatever happens at the end of this Olympics, because we have no idea what the qualifications are and all of that. Right being able to be part of something so much bigger than myself is, I mean, I cried when Sarah got a, you know, a bronze medal. I was like bawling my eyes out watching her because of like how much it meant, you know? And like when Jordan came off at, um, you know, in Rome after a six for six performance and was just Mm -hmm. a monster out, you know, that's my sister out there. I, I can't blame anything on hers like you know you go out and have a day like that I could have gone and done the same thing so mastery for me would be I think it doesn't matter the result it just matters how I feel at the end of this like that I did it that I did it right in my book like I wasn't I wasn't I didn't owe or like I didn't um what's the right word for it like I ended on my own terms. I think that was really important for me to do because I felt like I did have a lot of influence for the last like nine years. Right. And of course, like I wouldn't, with those influences, I would have never gotten to where I was, but right. you know, I think you have to have this sense of ownership towards the end of your career. So you don't yeah. have that. I wish I could have done this or I should have done that. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I did yeah. it all. I like legitimately yeah. did it all. That's amazing that it that I hear you going back to the enjoyment and the camaraderie. It's not this like like you're talking about like trying to create this Morgan who was like you know technically so precise and trying to find some achievement in that. It's like no, getting back to just like the feeling, 
Yeah. So again, you're going back to the feeling, the feeling, the camaraderie, the feel like you're coming back to that. And that's amazing that for you, that is that sense of mastering. Can you master uh, bringing yourself back yeah. to that place? Which was which was like really when, you know, when when I met you, that was it was, I guess you're, you're even talking about like going back to that time. Like you said, it's just awesome to hear because like, you know, you're like this mythological story, you know, like this, like you're like the story that you tell you know, an, a young girl or an older f- female to be like, hey, it's never too late if you really want it. And like you're, you're proof, you're proof, right. of, you're proof that you could do that, that your level of mastery is just getting back to really the enjoyment, the camaraderie and the feeling of that. That's, that's incredible. What I find really interesting about what you're saying is instead of responding with what I think most people would assume mastery, like we're talking technical improvement and change Mm. you're responding with like actually what mastery means for you is having a more holistic perspective on like your Mm -hmm. whole experience that is awesome realizing that this mind body connection is way it's really powerful such a driver in how you're succeeding rather than thinking about mastery as like okay it means like be a pro at technical components you know mastery is a feeling like that idea of going back to what it was like for you in the beginning is really about like being more connected with yourself and back to like the guttural sense of like how do I feel and like how do I like relate to my body rather than getting caught up oh like here's a technical presentation of like what a good lift is right because I think it especially in a sport like this it's so easy to feel like that's what mastery means here here is a like beautiful graceful presentation of like (laughs) of a lift right we see that okay that's like that's mastery that's that's mastery instead it's like you're really i think giving a lot of color to like what it really is which is like that holistic perspective that mental and emotional spiritual connection with what's happening Right. Yeah. That's where you went when I asked you about mastery because because then that takes me to like so yeah, 2013 <laughs> Nationals Worlds Olympics 16, now we're 2020. You have expectations, you have followers, you have people who know you you've never met before. You have, you know, you you have this life that everyone has been watching and observing and hearing in multiple podcasts. So in all of that, knowing that that's what mastery is for you and having ownership, how does Morgan stay present? <laughs> that's funny. I was just thinking about that today. Like how, I mean, you're presenting all of these things and like, and I'm like, you move here, you move there. You have this coach, you have a good relationship. And I was like, how does she stay present? And like, and you know, this as an athlete, like we do all of this work, right? You, you as an athlete, me as a coach, we do everything to prepare, but the moment you walk on that platform, you're alone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how do you stay present in your life off the platform so you can be present on the platform? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a deep question. Um, well, I mean, I would say recently it would, I mean, for me, it was definitely being able to separate weightlifting from my life. Mm-hmm. Um Because I realized um, that I was bringing it home with me. I was studying those videos. I was, I was on Instagram and I was looking at, you know, what everybody else was doing. And it was like, 
oh my gosh. And, you know, or I mean, for somebody like me that had this like golden run, right, up to 16. And then all of a sudden, I haven't done numbers like that since. It's like, what is happening, you know? And so you're constantly living in this past and future, like Mm. all the time, especially in weightlifting. And like, you know, with programming, you're like, okay, well, by the, you know, by 12 weeks, I should be doing this or blah, blah, blah. And you have all of this in your head. I think my superpower, honestly, is I basically forget what I did the week before. (laughs) (laughs) Like Jordan will remember like the numbers I did. And I'm like, oh, really? I did that? Amnesia. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I think that also is like I don't understand the program, so I'm just like, oh, we did do that last week. Okay, but and also for me, I don't look like the week ahead unless Spencer tells me to. That's a big thing for me. I have this like severe anxiety when I have max out Fridays, and I don't know if it's been because of muscle driver. Like we always had to like Friday was like everybody all out everything, and so I've always that's always been a key thing for me is like, okay, I need to make sure, make sure that I'm looking at the day or, you know, prepare myself for the next day, but not like a week ahead. Cause otherwise they get crazy. I, I usually meditate quite a bit since I've been here, which is funny. I actually got away from it. I just started being a bum. I've well, technically like three meditation apps that I use. I just, <laughs> I like a lot of things, I guess, but um, plus I really liked <laughs> the, um, Dan Harris, who wrote 10% Happier, has this app out. Called, I think it's 10% Happier. Yeah. And his book is just super awesome. It's, you know, he's a skeptic when he goes into it. And so you kind of go along this journey. Um, so I really wanted to support uh, his app. And he's really good with uh, good friends with Sam Harris. And I love Sam yeah. Harris. Um, so I yeah. have his Waking Up app. I've been using Waking Up. Uh, the last yeah I love it I've been using it the last like 17 days and he he's a neuroscientist so his like perspective Mm. on it's very different than Mm -hmm. I I would think a lot of other people are and even I appreciate his kind of questioning what is consciousness and like just in the very straightforward way like that you know how do you know that you are behind your eyes like what is giving you that impression like things like that really there's something about the way that he presents that that I think is quite interesting yeah and really unique in the in the meditation space yeah well and I think that's that's also another reason like how how I stay present is like just being curious um about what is going on around me and the feelings that I have. And I don't, I think for a long time, and especially as an athlete, we suppress a lot of those emotions or think we can override them. Right. Mm, Yeah. And, and especially, you know, I'm, I've been like a tomboy. I have an older brother who's three years older. So like, I was always trying to be this like tough girl. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. Then I go in the shower and I, you know, ball my eyes out and I'm like, I'm fine, <laughs> you know, like it. And and I think, I think for me now is just like getting curious about that stuff and not being afraid of it. You know, if I is it is was it really Georgia that you know that I didn't like or like what else was going on or you know that it it's I think it's very very important when you do start to trust your gut is is knowing those questions or asking those questions 
and I think that's how it's allowed me to stay present. And also I just, a lot of times I'll do things and be like, I know I can get through this. Right. You know, whether it's going to suck or not. Right. I'm going to do it. So being, being curious, being conscious and ownership of like what you're doing every day in your life is Mm -hmm. important. And for me, I, I have got, I used to like get into a, a part of training where I would just have to be like, okay, like it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day. Right. And like, you try and like override that feeling. And instead, like, you know, some days I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do the numbers and I'm going to get through it. It's fine. Like I'm going to, or okay, today I'm going to be really technically proficient and that's all I'm going to work on. Like, Mm. and and I think it's little, little things to keep you present throughout, um, Mm. you know, throughout your training, throughout your day, you know, as they say, like touch home, right you know, touch, touch the earth, touch home, just to make sure you know where you are. Like, um, I work with this amazing sports site guy, um, who Andy Galpin got me in touch with. And I would tell him when I would compete, I would be so worried. And that's why you always see me have headphones in because like, I'm not Mm. technically listening to any song. It's just Mm. white noise in my head. And like, that's just kind of how it's always been. But he had a, he had a thing that he's like, when you have a feeling and you want to look up and see everything that's going to go around you and it's going to make you anxious, put your hand on the ground and root yourself into the earth. And I was like, Oh, so if you see me with like my hands down, you know, head in my knees kind of thing, I probably already touched the ground. Cause I'm like, and I'm like, okay, I'm here. And I like tell myself where I am, you know, like it sounds yeah. silly. All of a sudden you stop thinking about that next lift or right. you're like, okay, I'm here. That's awesome. So you, so many things to unpack on that. You, first, first off, first off, you said curious, <laughs> which is amazing. And then my question was like, what's the most recent thing that's got you curious? Oh God! Like what what is what like that? Because that to me is like, again, like you know, going back, like you know, yes, you're Morgan, you're an Olympian, you're a high level athlete, and you are realizing like, no, I need to, I need to occupy my mind with something that's going to help me just focus on something new and be excited about something. Right. What, what is the most recent thing that had you curious? Oh gosh. In weightlifting or in life? Whatever. This is like off the platform. This is off the platform. We are not talking about weightlifting. We're talking about, we're talking about you and what is something that made you curious. I mean, whatever. I mean, for me, so for the past two months, been training just in the back of like my buddy's like garage area. It's not like it's outside. It's on. It's on a like slope. So there's like only a certain amount of part that like I can clean and snatch on. And we were recently talking, and he was like, "There's no way I could do what you do." And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I would go down to the high schoolers and go train with them. He was like, there, there was no way I would show up every day. And um, and he's an Olympian. <laughs> so I'll, I'll throw that in there. And actually, Jesse Bradley and I were talking about this, that uh, she really likes training with people. And because of, because of quarantine, she's had to train in her garage by herself. And she actually ends up liking it. Well, why do I like doing this? Like, why? Because mm. I've always had this, you know, the, um, 
the pictures of the athletes. I'm actually having my buddy paint me this of Kobe Bryant, where he's the, where they're walking out of the stadium and it's all black and they're just in the light. Mm-hmm. That is the feeling I have always felt. Like when I'm my strongest in any sort of sport, it, it's when I feel like I'm under the lights by myself. And it was weird because I couldn't figure out why I was like, like, why do I like doing this? Like, is it because I like getting tan? And then I was like, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that's one of the reasons. Let's be honest. Um, but the other one is I like, I, I like that feeling that nobody else is doing. Like even, I mean, mm. everybody else is doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. I was I was curious and I feel that way in like everything I do like if I'm studying or like when you were talking about staying present I think like I've been really curious as to why and I've played that this back and forth a lot is my relationship to social media because my journey is out there because like everybody knows uh, you know like what's going on or people are assuming what yeah. things happened and like all of this stuff yeah. mm. and I just don't know if I care about social media any. Like it feels, yeah. it feels very <clears throat> much like a job and it, and it yeah. feels <laughs> like I have to stay relevant and I don't like yeah. that feeling. And so I like wow. came, came under this feeling of like, why is it? And it's because I like that feeling of being under the light when nobody, like I want to show up. I loved that feeling of showing up to 2013 nationals and people were like, the fuck? like, I, I love, I love that feeling. I don't know if it's a shock factor or if that's just how I motivate myself, like going into this dark hole or whatever. Um, but it's not, it's funny because it, for so long, I think it felt like I, I, I owned in on this lone wolf like relationship. Like I wasn't yeah. like after muscle driver fell apart, I was like, I'm not joining a team and did it. And I was very adamant about that. And, um, But I grew up in team sports. So, I mean, I lost all of that, right? And then I think I I related to the community on social media as that team. And so it was like this weird, I don't know. And so for me, uh, I think staying staying present is is potentially going off social media. (laughs) I love that. Under the lights by myself. Right? Like, I just... That's the name of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's so... Different than being famous. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what's what's incredible when you say that is, so when I hear that and I close my eyes and I think about that, I see see the lone wolf, number one. I see the rogue agent, like the the outsider from nowhere comes in, takes... Like, that is your story. You know, that is you. Like, you are like, who the hell is this person and then boom you're on the main stage by yourself you did it you did it and it's like amazing that that is a is this a representation of of your story that that story that journey of you and that that that's like that's that's where you're returning to that's amazing like um because when you said that it just like in my mind i was like oh man that's exactly what it was she was she was this outsider from nowhere who just stood there yeah it's so cool it's so cool that your honesty and your ability to just be vulnerable and just be cool with just communicating that I think it's super valuable one of the main reasons Kim and I wanted to have this conversation 
was that people look up to you and people look up to the other athletes and, you know, elite level athletes. They admire them. They want to be them, but they don't know who they are. Totally. And you got, and you are human and you are human and awesome and flawed and, and all of the colors in the spectrum that, and one of the things that was so important is that the same experiences that people are having in the gym, right? Those struggles, pushing themselves, motivating themselves, trying to find balance. It's like you're experiencing them too. And I think that's a, a beautiful connection that all athletes who participate in this sport, because it is an individual sport. It is you under the lights by yourself, right? I think it's, you know, I think, you know, again, like I told Kim yesterday, I was so pumped <laughs> to, to have you, to have you on and to be able to talk about this stuff and, and share. But I definitely want to say that I know that I've always been super supportive of you and told you, you know, you're the champ. And, and I, I really believe, yeah, you might be closing a chapter, but like you are, you are an awesome example of like, if you are just resilient and you keep moving forward, you can achieve, you can achieve what you want to achieve. And you did. It's like you, you did. You're an Olympian. No one can take that away from you. It's done. It's done. And now you have this whole new chapter that we get to watch and witness and having you navigate that and, and, and communicate that to us is awesome because we get to see the other, the other side, right? You, you did the climb. And now what is this other part? What is this other four years of your, of, of your career look like? And that's really cool to kind of be able to have that conversation. But I had, I had a question. Wait, wait, um, wait. <laughs> well, go ahead. I mean, I, I don't want to interrupt, but what, what's something that I think is just that um, I think can be missed a lot is you know we're talking a lot about how you kind of just came on the scene and and you took over and mm. you're the underdog and um and a lot of times in the beginning people are like oh she's really athletic she's just really strong like all this stuff but what i think that people miss about what makes an athlete an athlete isn't just okay like how talented are they physically but it's like those elements of taking ownership and and empowering yourself and trusting your gut like those are all things you learned at a young age and like being able to get through all of your like knowing that you can get through any experience like that's something that that's what created your career really is like is is those traits of being an athlete and having that ownership like that's what really drove you to the top is like it's not that you came on and and you were squatting 200 pounds already or sorry 90 kilos and all that it's the fact that you had those all those other pieces i don't know it can be missed because it's like oh she she was just so talented and right. obviously you are but it's like you built all those other components and that's like that's really what it means when we say like you're an athlete it's like you had those like amazing qualities of developing ownership developing trust with yourself developing like you know, com coming back after failure, you know, those are, th that's what it really means to like develop as an athlete, I think. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, that's a great point. And I think that's why I had such a tough relationship to the word athlete is because I did want to, I wanted people and I do want people to know that there is more, there is more to it than, than just being good at sports. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought mm -hmm. that, you know, mastering the sport would make people see that. And it's like, well, not really like, and eventually, like, I think I want, I want to be more open of like what, like what my career was like, but it was like, 
in in a sport that's very small and uh you know your whole life is on blast it was really important to me to keep a lot of that and to keep the people that are close to me in the loop for the support mm-hmm. but also like you know what i do off the platform like as long as i'm a good person it does not like <clears throat> it's none of your business man you mm-hmm. know and i think that's really important and i hope that through, you know, my like social media and all of that, that does come through. It's like, I do want you guys part of my life, but like, yeah. it is, it is my life. You want yeah. privacy for sure. Right. No. But yeah, I liked that. That was, that's a really good point about being an athlete. I like that. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that's something, I mean, I started sports at a really late age. I never did a single sport before weightlifting. And so yeah. that's one of those <laughs> things that I feel like people don't understand about like, sports sometimes and like they're like wow you got really into lifting and it's like no it's like a whole mental shift and like a mental empowerment and like it's it's really easy to miss that about like sports and lifting you know people just see like numbers they see this they see like athleticism they see body type but there's like so much happening mentally in that space yeah um i mean you could say that with any kind of profession right like, we don't see what goes on behind. Totally. And one thing I wanted to, like, uh, come back around to real quick before I <laughs> I think Blanca has more to say um, is, like, you were talking about sometimes you need to touch the ground. That's a really beautiful example of kind of, like, what meditation is. Like, it reminds you of, like, like what's what's really happening. Like, tapping back into, like, because there's all this stuff in your head and it's like, yeah. it's zooming in and out in thoughts and like feeling identified with your thoughts and that that is like, uh, like what's really happening. But no, what's really happening is like you touching the ground. Like that's real. Right. Like, like that's that response and that feeling is is actually what's happening. Not like everything else going inside of your brain like making you anxious like those are all like those like narratives are just like there we keep tapping the vein of like okay like that's what's happening and it's like no touching the ground is what's happening right right it's very much very much true my i had a couple things i wrote down and you know i wondered basically i mean one was what do you think this year was going to be and what is it now? You know, because like we're, we're all, what's amazing is we're all, you know, we've all been affected by, you know, the pandemic. And, and you have, and you have a, a specific career and a specific trajectory that you're supposed to be achieving, right? And so for you, it's like, what did you think your year was going to be? And now what is it? That's funny. Um, well, I mean, obviously it was going to be perfect, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're just gonna you're you're just gonna win at the Olympics, right? Right. Cool. Like I'm gonna just come back into the 49 kilo class. I'm gonna just murder everyone, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna you know go to every international competition and ask everyone why they showed up because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, realistically, when I bombed out in 2018, was it? Yeah, 2018 world team trials in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I barely made it up to my room because I was bawling my eyes out. And I was mm-hmm. like head down, like 
I'm done. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't know why mm. I do this. Like, my world was in chaos even at that time. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, mm. okay, if Spencer, if Spencer wants to take me on, I'll give him till December. And if he, if, if I do something and if I enjoy weightlifting again, I'll give it a go. Otherwise, I'm done. So that happened. Everything obviously like kind of worked out. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> I decided to move to Georgia. And then we, I mean, we had, it was fun. And then uh, there was like four of us for a long time. And then we doubled and then we tripled, um, which is really cool to be a part of. Um, you know, and then you find out, you know, your teammates dropping down, which I've had that happen to me several times. Um, and, and that was really, really hard to take for me. Um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't think anybody would be like super pumped, but also nature, oh, yeah. nature of the game, right? Like you, you can't right. expect, I mean, obviously I was also living with Jordan. Like I'm not, <laughs> I don't live under a rock, um, right, right. you know, so, um, and, you know, her and I ended up having this like great conversation and we constantly had tough conversations because that's a whole different dynamic. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I really feed off training with people um, that are better than me because um, mm -hmm. that, you know, that's something I like, you know, she wasn't always pumped about it. It was like this weird relationship. And then we ended mm -hmm. up working out. Um, and then, I mean, I held on really, really tight to this. If I made this decision to move out here, I have to do everything right. And if I don't make the Olympics, this is a complete failure, mm. which is like absurd. <laughs> and uh, I think I took it upon myself because I, I mean, I obviously made some very drastic changes um, that like, I wanted to be okay with myself at the end of this. Um, and I think mm. it's that, that ownership part that we had talked about earlier. I think I realized at 2016, I had done what I had set out to do, but I was still not the person I wanted to be. And no one mm. gives a shit about you after the closing ceremonies. You know, mm. like you're still, like I'm still Morgan, right? Like right. I don't walk into a grocery store and I'm like, huh. Don't you know who I am? Right. Like right. nobody cares. Like realistically, yeah. nobody cares. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't want to be that like high school quarterback that like that defined me. Mm. And, and so I made it, I made it a really big point in Georgia to like kind of dig deep into what I was doing with my life, like who I am, what I want to do. Um, and so I think when, when COVID did happen, you know, I was going to have to do these Hail Mary and I mean, I still have to do like Hail Mary totals, but also mm. it's not, it's not completely out of the question. Mm. So I'm like, now I'm like, whatever happens, happens. Like I, I have to, I have to let it go and just be like, I trained as much as I possibly could. I did all of this and I have to be okay with it. Like it'll mm. drive you crazy, you know? Yeah. It's like staring at a word too long. And then it obviously like all of a sudden looks like it's wrong. <laughs> you yeah. know, like you're going to find something that, yeah, even I think in reading a ton about and knowing a bunch of Olympians that have medals and like have all of those records, like it doesn't like if you're miserable, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like yeah. it really doesn't matter. Like 
you're not going to be hanging this thing around your neck for the rest of your life. And if you yeah. are, yeah. go see a therapist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just such a short, like for me, it's such a short period of my <clears throat> life. And if I can yeah. use weightlifting as a vessel to <clears throat> push myself and like, I mean, we don't realize neurologically like how stressful weightlifting is unless you're in it. Right. And you're like, mm. you know, one day you'll be like bawling your eyes out and the next mm. day you'll be happy as shit. And you're like, what is, what is going on? Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that, that for me was like, just, yeah, really, really figuring out who I am and, and, and if I'll be okay once I'm not the athlete, you know, um, cause I'm not, I'm not going to be, this is the best I'm ever going to be in shape ever. Mm-hmm. And I have to be okay with that, right? Yeah. Like I don't. I'm not going to be a 45 year old still back squatting 140 kilos. Like that's just not going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's amazing to hear your acceptance and the reality and the acceptance that you have for 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 where you are and for and for what you might achieve, right? Or, or for what you might not achieve. It's you're in that like space where you're duality you're 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 accepting of both mm-hmm. but yet you're present which is yeah which is amazing to hear i think that a lot of people because of because of the the nature of your sport and then the nature of your experience and who you are it's you have to really accept it where most people they could probably just you know put it off to the side or pretend it doesn't exist or they don't have the experience of it. You know the experience. You know what it's like to go through that process. You know what it's like to be stressed out. You know what it's like to experience all of those emotions. And it's almost like you're have that that ownership and presence of be like, I have to be accepting of both or I'm gonna go crazy. Right. I don't want to like definitely no. diminish like becoming an Olympian, right? Like that No, no, no that just means I was able to like peak that summit. But I I think, I think it's really, really important for people to know. um, And, and I think maybe that's where I'm coming from that. Like, if you do not make it, you can still be a very good person. It does not define your worth. You know, like it doesn't right. Like I am not superior over anybody else because of where I went. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is really right. important to me. Um, I mean, I've been training, I've been training for the Olympics my whole life. If you think about it, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't those four sure. years, totally. right. It was, totally. it was under the lights and soccer, you know, when I was kicking, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all of the like, free kicks and like all of that kind of stuff. Like it, it, this last year, this last little bit of this run is a culmination of all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I thought, I thought the way I wanted to go out, like if I would have made both of those American records in 2016, I probably would not be here. Um, I don't know if I would have gotten the itch enough to do it or like, Mm -hmm. I think I would have been realistic of like, (laughs) really, you're going to try and do that again. Like you're insane. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I think I did realize that there was like a little bit of just fight that I had to go through. Like I wanted, Mm -hmm. I wanted, like when I saw Alyssa coming up, I was like, yo, let's go. Like that was so fun for me 
to compete with Caitlin Hogan at the 2016 Pan Ams. Like her and I were sitting next to each other. And like, as I was about to go out, she was like, yo, let's go, let's get this. And I like felt it, you know? And I was like, Mm -hmm. that's what I've been missing. That, that was like getting the team and like having those people and Mm -hmm. and being like, maybe I can do it. And wow. I don't know. Like, hell, why not? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just give it another four. Right? <laughs> like, I'm like, I can run the beach the rest of my yeah. life. Why not? Just, <laughs> I don't put my body uh, and mind through hell for the next four years. That yeah. sounds fun. Kim, did you have any other questions for her? Because I was going <laughs> to. No, I, I mean, I, I don't want to I I think, I own. Um, I know we have to wrap things up, but. What there's so many things that you said, but I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> the way that you talked about finding a team again and like all of the team dynamics, especially because weightlifting is an individual sport, like you said as well, it's like your trajectory looks very golden and and you are the dream story, you know, like you. You went to Worlds three months after your first competition. First competition. <laughs> you know, I really enjoyed hearing the vulnerability and um, and you talking about like okay, you you got on a team, but then you realize your teammate is dropping a weight class, and like there was a lot there, and you had to work through that. And just like hearing about that, not necessarily specifics. Yeah. It's just like it's just very. I think it's very important to hear you talk about that and like those and that struggle is like it's just it's amazing to hear someone of your level just like being like damn I'm still like I have to struggle with like all those emotions I'm fighting too and like we all have to work through and like even you like have to work damn like my teammates dropping Mm -hmm. like how do I feel about that and like what does this mean for me Mm -hmm. and like yeah right that's such a human thing. Well, to have that level of emotional intelligence to me, and like that, that is, that is unfortunate, or it makes me feel X. How do yeah. I handle that? Yeah. Right. Because other people could like throw something at the yeah. wall, or get into a fight with the person, or you know, yeah. whatever. There's like a hundred million things that you could do. But uh, to have that emotional intelligence to be like, you know, what is this? How does this make me feel? And how do I, how do I deal with this thing? That's great. I mean, it's awesome to hear. Well, and I think. I think it's really, really important and and why I didn't want to join a team is because for so long is because there is this like weird culture that we're pitted against mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. and it makes me severely uncomfortable. Like the, mm-hmm. si- like the side hugging, the like, oh, like it's so good <laughs> to see you. And it's like, I, yeah. I don't, I don't feel that the way I felt it in college yeah. with my teammates. Right. Right. One of my best friends from college was my biggest competitor. Mm-hmm. But like, I never held it against her. I just wanted to be better than her. Right. And, and I think, you know, Jordan and I have had that com- conversation several times. Girl, like, don't doubt that like any time that I go out there, I want to beat you. But I don't doubt that you're thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, I just... I think it's really important to be able to separate those two feelings. Totally. Here's the thing. She didn't drop down because she hates me. She dropped down because it was like beneficially the best possible thing that she could do to put her in a position to medal at the Olympics. Totally. Like would would I, if if I was in her place, like 
But I've been like, oh, no, no, it's Morgan. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. It's fine. We'll just let her go. Like, no, you just, it's, right. that's just the nature of the game. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but I also, you know, think maybe, you know, many people have not been alternates on teams, right? <laughs> you know, they haven't, they don't, like, there isn't that drive of like, I can be the underdog and like still come up or like, you know, I can be a walk on at college and still make the team. Like it, it, there needs to be this level of accountability of um, who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And, and as an athlete and I'm like, there's, there's not one person in weightlifting that I hate. Like, you know, it just, it, yeah. Cause we all have our own things. Like we're all doing, yeah. We're all trying to move in that direction. Yeah, and there's so many, so many things that you can complain about, but it's like, did you go on the stage and do what you needed to do? Yes or no? Like, I think that's what it comes down to, and it's like, there is so many factors, like, absolutely, but at the end of the day, it was either, like, white or red. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, I'm going to ask last question, and, and this is just something that you could, answer quickly obviously you don't have to go deep into it but um um so i mean little side story i you know recovering addict and i always think about all of my life from the age of 20 and my addiction till now is like i i value it i used to go back and be like oh if i could change a million things in my life right but i was proposed a question once that um if i could go back into my life at any point and just talk to myself and tell myself something, not to change something about my life, not to not to make an adjustment, but something I could tell myself to give myself awareness. What would it be? And so my question is, I guess we'll keep it the timeline between now and 2011. We'll talk about Olympic lifting, um, Morgan. What, if you could go back and just have that moment with yourself and just tell yourself one thing or anything at all, not to change your trajectory, not to modify it, but just to tell Morgan of 2011 who was making a choice, a new choice in her life that got her to where she is now, what would you say? (laughs) Probably say, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, girl. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that like, I mean, I thrive on chaos. Mm. Um, and it's funny because my sports psych was like, yo, it's everything all right. I'm like, everything's groovy, man. Like, And he's like, I don't. What's happening? So I can't wait to tell him that I've just like completely uprooted my life. He'll be like, you're back. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's like uh, there is a quote and I'm going to totally botch it, but it's like um, basically uh, – find the line of chaos uh or wait what is it um thrive in chaos and find order to it basically Mm -hmm. around those lines and that's i mean that's my life in a nutshell is like if there isn't chaos going on around me i feel like something is wrong that is literally what i that's uh, yeah that's what i want i want a lot of chaos and i want to find order that's exactly how i (laughs) how i thrive yeah it, it's weird because you're like, it, it's almost like the kids thing, right? Like you don't hear the kids in the other room. They're up to something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. How I feel, I'm like, something is not right. Like, because life is not perfect. Yeah, man. That's so cool that, that you, you thrive in chaos. That's awesome. I, I, I dig that. That's exactly, yeah. The more chaos, the better. The, <laughs> yep. more, the, more, at, the more at peace I feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, but I guess I, I just want to say thank you, Morgan. I really appreciate it that you are honest and vulnerable and in yourself, which is what you've always been since I've known you. So I hope that everyone really enjoys uh, this conversation and uh, walks away with just a bigger appreciation of everything you've accomplished and, and, and who you are as a person, not just as a weightlifter and as Olympian. You know, you're an awesome human. So I, I hope that um, I hope that whatever chapter you're talking about closing mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, is the one that you are writing on your own and in your own words. So I really appreciate the time. Thanks. Thank you. You guys have been awesome. I'm so, so happy to do this. Thank you so much for coming on. It's it's just amazing to hear you be so open about your experience and your journey and also just very real with it. Just honest and real about like what it's been like and and I love that nothing you said is like quotable like it's just like it's just you you know it's just a conversation it's just like I just appreciate the authenticity of of who you are as a person it really it really comes across like even on social media where we all know it's like you know this so curated curated life (laughs) so curated but um yeah thank you so much for coming on and thank you everyone for listening and i hope that i hope that people were able to take away something from this conversation and um <laughs> we're all on instagram so i'll put everything in the show notes and yeah see you guys next time <laughs>